unless you've been living under a rock for the past five years, you've probably heard about cryptocurrency. In 2008, Bitcoin became the first established virtual currency, and it remained that way until 2011. But now, more than 12,000 cryptocurrencies are available, and that number more than doubled in the past year. Some economists believe cryptocurrencies are the world's strongest currencies and the solution to global poverty. Others say they're a harbor for criminal activity and an environmental disaster. Some investors have reported making millions overnight using cryptocurrency trading. Others say it's not investing. The crypto markets are so volatile, it's actually more like gambling. But let's be honest. Most of us don't even understand what cryptocurrencies even are. When did they become a thing? How did they become a thing? What makes them valuable? And how do people make or lose money from crypto? Should a Christian invest in cryptocurrency? And is there anything in the Bible about uh, Bitcoin or Dogecoin? Welcome, everyone, to the uh, Beards and Babylon podcast. Mm, today we're speaking of nerdy things. Hmm. Like computers and technology. I don't I don't know why that's the voice I think of when I think of people who are really into these sorts of things we're going to be talking about today. Yeah, there's a lot of offended, offended people right now. There's really probably, into. okay, so I'll say this. There's, there's nerdy people that are really into the stuff we're talking about today, like blockchain and crypto. But there's also a lot of dude bros. That are into it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's a way that you can make money quick, and so any any place where you can make money quick is a space where dude bros abide. Like bra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird intersection of people that are interested in cryptocurrencies. Uh, like, yes, it is. You're right. Now, would would yeah. you put? Would you identify more as a nerd or more as a dude bro? Which, if you had to pick one of those. Hmm. I think if I had to hang out with mm-hmm. a group of of one of those, I would see that's a tough call because like there's a part of me that would get super super annoyed by the dude bros mm. and just be like you guys are a bunch of idiots and want to go hang out with nerds and talk about nerdy stuff. But then when like I don't know like a sporting event came on, I would be like, man, I I really love to watch that and nerds don't really care about that but dude bros do but then i i don't know i always felt like i had like one foot in both worlds you know like i always hung out with a bunch of Hmm. not necessarily nerds but a lot of artists because i was on a cello scholarship in college Mm -hmm. and i played music but then like i could only hang out with those people for so long because i was like yeah i want to like watch sports and talk about hunting and stuff like that so i always kind of had foot in both worlds i don't know yeah how about you you can only play so much Pokemon Go before it gets old. <laughs> no, I think that's good. That's, it's like you're a well-rounded man. You're a Renaissance man. It's truest mm. form where you're like... But, uh, would you I be could, more dude bro or nerd? What would you consider yourself? I don't even know what a dude bro is. <laughs> it's just, All right, so let's define dude bro. Maybe that makes bro. me a dude bro. All right. So dude when I bro. think dude bro, I'm still stuck in like 2007, 2006. Yeah. So that would be a guy that 
probably pops his collar when he goes out to eat at Chili's with his mom and dad on vacation. Um, yeah. yeah. He probably listened to a lot of Jack Johnson and Jason Mraz. Hmm. But again, we're stuck in around 2007. Like a 2022 dude, bro, hmm. probably has an Instagram where he records motivational videos of himself. You know? Yeah, yeah like, that would be like, problematic. Yeah. Yeah, like he's, you know, like early in the morning, like before he goes to CrossFit, he's like, let's get up and <laughs> rise and grind. Let's make that, let's get that bread today, guys. Yeah, how to you scale know? up your business and yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. While, yeah, yeah. while yeah. flipping over tractor tires and stuff. Right, 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 right. Yeah. yeah. The same kind of guys that you'll see like in coffee shop and they're drinking that uh, really fancy water that looks like an energy drink, also looks like a malt liquor, but it's actually mm. just water. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah those are dude bros. Anybody who drinks mineral water on a regular basis, I'm just uh, I'm just kidding. There's, <laughs> there's some, <laughs> some people who uh, I tease about me. drinking mineral water. <laughs> That's yeah. me. It's just it's, it's, it's just such a funny phenomenon. Um, you, how did we get on this topic about dude bros? We're so talking if, crypto because this is what we're talking about yeah, today. Okay, that's right. That's right. So dude bro is going to – he's going to be checking his crypto balance while yeah. dragging cinder blocks with a rope behind him <laughs> in the CrossFit gym. <laughs> and he's doing day trading uh, while yeah. living in a van in his mom's driveway. Mm. Mm. That's a dude bro? Probably. That's a dude yeah. bro, yeah. And he, he likes the predators and wears – hockey jerseys and no he doesn't no he doesn't it's just, <laughs> if you're watching on youtube gabe's giving me a hard time i'm wearing a, a nashville predators hoodie mm. and as soon as we hopped on today he's like what are you wearing what is that is it saber tooth tiger i was like dude this is the predators he's like it's hot what is that hockey mm-hmm. and then i asked a question i already knew the answer to i was like do you guys have hockey teams in alabama and mm-hmm. of course i know the answer to that because mm-hmm. If it ain't football, it ain't sports. Yeah. I, I regularly yeah. get caught up in football conversations at work, and I just you don't know anything I, about them. I have no idea what's going on. I just talk about – I, like, awkwardly interject about the weather here and there. Mm. And, uh, mm. Yeah. Hey, next time that happens, if you want to just uh, call me, mm-hmm. and you have your Bluetooth in your ear, and mm-hmm. I can hear what those guys are saying, and I will give you things to say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's a whole other language. I don't understand it. Yeah, so it's okay. All you need to know is Rotad in Alabama. You'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, I R- was at O-O-W-T-A-D. I was at Auburn University's campus this this past week, and I went to Auburn University. Where are you? Yeah, I walked around the campus. It's all their football stadium. It's quite lovely, dude. Yeah, it was a nice campus. That's pretty cool. It's really pretty. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, um, so as you probably picked up on today. We're not talking about Auburn University and their new coach, Hugh Freeze. Although we could do an episode on that and the problematic past that Hugh Freeze brings to the culture of Auburn University. But we'll talk about that another time. That's from my other podcast. We should do we should do a Gabe sports quiz one time and just give me a sports quiz and all the listeners that like this like like okay, organized sports. Okay, here's just one. Let's see if you. Okay. who won the World Series this year. World Series. I know. I know that is. Not football. That is probably that is soccer. Football. Yeah, that's soccer, right? Nah, not soccer. 
It's not soccer. No, World Cup is soccer. That's right. World Cup is soccer. <laughs> who who won the World Series? The World Series must be baseball then, right? Yes, you are correct. Who won okay, the World that's Series? That's the next one I'm going to guess. <laughs> Do you know I, at all? I could not. You can't use Google. Come on, if man. If someone put a gun to my head right now, I could not tell you the correct <laughs> answer. World all Series. All right. It was the Houston Astros, but okay. Yeah, that would have been. Yeah. Are they, See, are if they you a, don't even know what the World Series is, chances are you're probably not going to pick the Houston Astros. I should have yeah. known that. So, anyway. Give me another one real fast. Just give me another one. Uh, okay. Okay. Um, man, I'm trying to think of a – if you could get the, who won the World Series. Yeah. Let's see. Who won the Super Bowl this past year? Like So, Super Bowl usually happens in the fall, right? Or winter? No. It usually happens in January, February. So okay, this January, February. The last time I I followed the Super Bowl was um, when the Atlanta Falcons won. I think <laughs> did the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> the win? Atlanta Falcons have never won the Super Bowl. <laughs> what? They went to the Super Bowl, right? Yes, they, they went they to the Super Bowl and they the lost Patriots? terribly. Did they play the Patriots? They played the Patriots. Yeah. Okay, that was like two thousand seventeen. So yeah. All right, I will not be redeeming myself today. Uh, I was about to say, yeah. Mm, okay. He is 0 for 2 in the sports mm, quiz. Let's move on. I think that should be a, a regular Beards and Bible just to give some good laughs for our yeah. listeners. Yeah, I'm yeah. willing to be the butt of all of the, that laughter. <laughs> uh, uh, that's good. Well, what we do know is that Gabe is not a dude, bro. Mm. And uh, Yeah, that's a, that's a good thing. That's a commendable thing. Uh, so we're talking about crypto today, cryptocurrencies, Bitcoin, Dogecoin, blockchain, all the other phrases that maybe you have heard thrown around. But um, if I'm being completely honest, and I think if a lot of people are being completely honest, we've heard these phrases, but for the most part, we don't really know how this thing called crypto works, most of us. And so today what we're going to do is kind of try to Make sense of this whole thing called cryptocurrency. Um, ask questions that maybe you're too embarrassed to ask out loud when you hear Dude Rose talk about their crypto wallet. And um, hopefully get to a place of like, okay, what does this mean about like the future of money? What does this mean about like the global economy? And if you're a, a follower of Jesus, is it wise for you to invest in or participate in this thing called cryptocurrency and uh, try to try to figure that out. But before we do, let me just say this before we hop in. Um, we have this episode and then it's going to be the end of the year. And then we have, like we do uh, the previous years, we're going to do a from the mailbag episode where we're answering questions that anybody has. And so um, if you have questions related to any of the topics that we have talked about over the past year or any topic that maybe you can think of and you want answers to that, um, send us an email, beardsandbible at gmail.com or reach out to us via the Facebook page and uh, we'll start putting those questions together for our New Year's episode on that. That'll be really fun. So. Or, yeah, if you suspect you're a dude bro and you want some clarification... <laughs> And help from us identifying whether or not you are. Yeah, 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 yeah. We will give you the dude bro test. So, 
Anyway, yeah, it's going to be fun. Looking forward to that episode. Those are always fun. Uh, so send us your questions, and we'll start compiling that. So cool. But before we get going on crypto, I think a good question maybe to ask to sort of open this topic up is, um, Gabe, why is why is money valuable? Like any form of currency valuable? Like if I have a dollar and I give you that dollar, mm-hmm. it's just a piece of paper. Yeah. Why does it have value? Simply put, just because we agree that it has value. It has no value other than that. It's just a Federal Reserve note that used to be backed by real tangible gold, but is no longer. Hmm. So, yeah, it's all fiat, as they say. So even even gold, like why would we agree that this mm-hmm. one particular – so you could go to you know a mine mm-hmm. and you pull out – <clears throat> you know, a rock and, and it's iron pyrite and that's what they call <clears throat> fool's gold. Mm. It's not really gold. And then there's actual gold. Mm-hmm. One of those is more valuable than the other, but why? Because it's shiny. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> one's because shiny, it's, one's not. It's hard to find and it's shiny. Come on. No, oh, that's man. it. I mean, it's just, there's not a whole lot of uh, really practical. It's silver, I can see, like, you know, it's shiny. It's rare. It's hard, it's hard to find, mm-hmm. at least. But it has a lot of practical uses. It didn't back in the day. For some reason, they thought silver was still valuable back then. But now it's like silver, at least, is a ultra conductor of electricity and is used in all kinds of different applications. So it's, I could ma- make sense. Silver is, is right. it could be a basis of currency. But gold, I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just shiny. It's hard to find. <laughs> Hmm. Look, look good on my lady finger. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, I mean, if you start really asking this question, why do we put value in anything, even diamonds, right? Mm-hmm. None of those things, none of these shiny metals we find in the ground have any value in and of themselves. They're basically just something that we agree, yep, that's that's valuable. I can use that to barter for goods. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with paper money. Um. And it's actually the same thing with this thing called cryptocurrency. And so if you are like, okay, I have no idea what cryptocurrency is. You guys keep throwing out the word crypto, cryptocurrency. Have no fear. We'll start from the very beginning. I actually went to dummies.com. Mm. I'm not calling you a dummy. I'm calling myself a dummy. You know uh, those books for dummies, like blank mm-hmm. for dummies? Yeah. There's There's one called cryptocurrency for dummies. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's helpful because there's probably a lot of people listening that truthfully don't understand this. Yeah. And are too embarrassed to ask. And truthfully, that there's a lot of things about crypto that I'm still trying to wrap my brain around to try to figure out. Um, I called my buddy David Fannin yesterday to try to get some explanation on blockchain because he works in that space. He works with blockchain. And behold, he never called me back, and mm. he said he would. So, mm. David, if you're listening, I'm, I'm kind of bitter and hurt right now. But that's a, that's a dude bro move right there. That is a dude bro <laughs> move. <laughs> if you know David Fannin, he's <laughs> not a dude bro at all. But anyway, uh, so what is cryptocurrency? Cryptocurrency is a form of digital money. So if you have a dollar bill, that is a form of paper money. Cryptocurrency is digital. So you can 
transfer it. Um, and a lot of people, you know, I have online banking. That's how I do most of my banking. And so if I'm paying, you know, a medical bill or I'm paying a, you know, my mortgage, I can do that online, right? I can move it from my online bank account to any of that. But that's not exactly how cryptocurrency works. Um, what sets cryptocurrencies apart is the technology behind them. And so, like, for traditional currencies, there's, in most cases, middlemen, like banks and brokers, that are kind of tanky, taking a cut of the process for transfers. And so um, transfers often get expensive and slow. And uh, there's a lot of people who don't have bank accounts. That's something I didn't realize as I was researching this. Uh, approximately 3 billion people don't have bank accounts in the world. That's like hmm. half the population of the planet, <laughs> hmm. which is super interesting because I'm like, oh, okay, I thought everybody did, but no, a lot of people don't. So you don't have to have a bank account to be in the world of crypto, and so that's one benefit, at least that's what some people have suggested. Um, so then the big question is, okay, how do we, how do you set this value, right? I mean, you've got this basically screen that says you have X number of this currency. Okay, well, what what makes that valuable? Well, just like anything else, enough people have to agree that this is valuable and this will remain valuable. Um, merchants have to accept it as a form of payment and enough people have to have it to, you know, say, okay, I'll trade you this for that, right? Mm -hmm. Um I mean, if you think in the old days, like uh, the exchange materials that people used were kind of inherent to their nature. So I had some chicken and you had shoes and I needed shoes and you need chicken. And I said, well, I'll give you this, this chicken for some shoes, right? But then <laughs> coins, cash, silver, gold, and then later credit cards and things like that came into play kind of this definition of money has, has really changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and even like, uh, you know, we, we think about all these detective movies where somebody has like a duffel bag full of, you know, $50,000 worth of hundred dollar bills or something. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's just not practical. So credit cards and checks and all that stuff, those kind of made it more practical to transfer money, especially in large amounts. But then the government sort of stepped in and the World Bank kind of stepped in and, and things like that. And so regulations started getting pretty stringent on that. Mm -hmm. And um, so crypto is really an attempt to try to curb that. Is that making sense so far? Yeah, yeah. So it's basically like these all these transactions that are happening around and outside of the parameters of central authorities and control that governments mm -hmm. typically, um, you know, like taxation and all that stuff as well. So, yeah, it like bypasses all of that. Um, yeah. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't ex fully explain like what cryptocurrencies are. And the best explanation I heard from someone was that cryptocurrencies are the byproduct of 
computers solving algorithms that mm-hmm. are being solved nonstop through people, whether shopping on Amazon or using social media. So basically, um, you know, these these miners, they're like these computers that are solving these algorithmic problems constantly. They're they're producing like a like a like a, a byproduct basically. So it's it's interesting is all based on the access to information, the potential access to information. Um, yeah. So I, one time when I was in Uganda, I didn't have any cash on me, like any shillings on me. And I needed a ride about two miles away. And I hopped on what they call Peachy Peachy, which is like a little motorcycle boda. Boda boda. Yeah. Yeah. And I got on one of these. And um, before I got on it, I told the guy, well, maybe I didn't realize at the time I didn't have any shillings, but we rode the two miles to my destination, I got off, and then maybe I came to the realization I didn't have any shillings on me. And I was a little bit alarmed. I was like, oh, man. And he goes, well, do you have MBs? And I was like, what? Hmm. MBs? And he's like, do you have MBs on your phone? And I was like, oh, like data. Like, like I, you know, in, in Uganda, you prepay for data and you load mm-hmm. it onto your mm-hmm. phone. So you can buy, you can buy, you know, one gig. And that obviously has 1,000 MBs. And I said, oh, yeah, I do have MBs. And he goes, well, give me 500 MBs. So I paid him for this two-mile Boda ride using Hmm. the potential to access information. And I transferred it from my phone to his phone. He gave me his phone number, and we went through the steps, and I transferred 500 MBs onto his phone so that I don't know what he's going to do with it. He might just watch TikTok videos for a couple minutes. Uh, I have no idea. You get ripped off because a two-mile ride is not worth that. So (laughs) just saying – <laughs> well, I just didn't want to get I don't want to get beat down by this buff boat yeah. ride. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so um that that was interesting because like, oh, that's kind of kind of like cryptocurrency. It's like mm-hmm. it's producing this thing of value because a space is being created whereby someone accesses information. I, I don't know if that makes sense, but Yeah, 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 yeah. Well we'll we'll get into the mining aspect of it. I think that's part of it where you started it starts getting a little bit eyebrow raising and confusing. We talk about <laughs> data mining and how cryptocurrencies are essentially created. Mm-hmm. But um, the whole point, I guess, behind crypto is to try to have a type of currency that's not regulated by banks. Yeah. And that's easy to transfer and that it's in the hands of the people to set the value. It's not in the hands of basically governments to set the value. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's kind of the hope behind it. Um, and so because of cryptocurrency, normal government backed currency like the US dollar, the Ugandan shilling, the English pound, the euro, that has to now go by a fancy name. And you said it earlier in the podcast, fiat currency, which just sounds super fancy. Um, so like legal tender, like coins and banknotes, that only has value because the government says it has value. Right. Mm-hmm. But cryptocurrency isn't the same because there's no central authority like a government body to manage its value. And really the main theory behind it is that if enough people agree that this cryptocurrency is valuable, then it's valuable. Right? Hmm. Yeah. So when did this become a thing? Well, the, the first ever crypto, and probably it remains the most popular currency, is Bitcoin. Um. And so Bitcoin was the first 
crypto to come out, and there was someone that released it. And actually, this person, we don't actually know the, the name of this person. This was an anonymous entity. And uh, let's see if I can say this. It's Sato, Satoshi Nakamoto. Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. I just think of that Saturday Night Live skit where Chris Farley's on a Japanese game show. <laughs> And he doesn't speak Japanese. And he's like, yeah. Kwaki Serpi Niku. Kwaki Serpi Niku. Is that the um, one where they, they make them stab their hand if they get the answer yeah, wrong? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I don't speak Japanese. I, uh, <laughs> Is he from Wisconsin or something? He's, yeah. Uh, Rory Templeton from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. <laughs> anyway, uh, so Satoshi, I think I'm saying that right, released Bitcoin in 2008. And described it as purely peer-to-peer electronic money. And this was the first established cryptocurrency. Other people had tried to do this for years before that, but Bitcoin kind of became, um, you know, the first one. And Bitcoin, this is where it gets kind of confusing and very interesting at the same time. Bitcoin is created through a process called mining, and like Gabe alluded to earlier, mining involves computers solving very complicated problems. And what's interesting is there is 21 million Bitcoins that exist. <laughs> this is hmm. so interesting. And what what computers do to mine the Bitcoins is they solve these very intricate math problems and they find the bitcoins that are there and when you find a bitcoin that's a big deal so every time a puzzle gets solved everybody agrees this person that solved it now owns an additional bitcoin and this will keep going until all the bitcoins in the crypto space have been found so there's a maximum of 21 million bitcoins there's approximately 1.7 million left to be mined, so 91% of them have been issued. Is that crazy to you? I mean, I, like, yeah. I never knew that. When I started studying this, I was like, what? That's crazy. It's like the golden ticket from Willy Wonka. Yeah, it's, it's bizarre. Yeah. yeah I, so, I, I once, when I was teaching middle school, I had a, a student who owned, I want to say, a couple dozen Bitcoins. This was back, man, probably 2014 or 15. And he, he had spent, like, his life savings. He spent, like, a couple thousand dollars on Bitcoins and oh owned a dozen or two. And I remember he, overhearing him being mocked by some of his, his classmates. They were saying, He's just sell them. Just sell them. You're not, you know, not going to make any money and all this stuff. And, um, yeah, he, he made hundreds of thousands of dollars. I'm sure um, he did. Off of it. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so... Um, if you don't know, Bitcoin, when it came out, was kind of, you know, sort of one of those things that people are just like, yeah, that's never going to work. And so a lot of people invested in it in, you know, 2008, 2009. And then recently, that Bitcoin that people purchased back in that, like, quadrupled in value. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, uh, uh, yeah. And so people who may have bought $20 worth of Bitcoin back in 2008 all of a sudden they had a couple thousand dollars, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ridiculous. So um, people started sitting up and taking notice and saying, holy cow, okay, so there might be something to this. And 
Bitcoin was the only cryptocurrency until about 2011. And then um, Bitcoin enthusiasts started noticing some flaws in it. They decided to create alternative coins known as altcoins to improve Bitcoin's design for things like speed, security, an enemy, and more. Uh, Litecoin was also a currency that came out. But uh, the long and short of it is now there's more than 12,000 cryptocurrencies available. Hmm. That's crazy. And that number... That <laughs> this is crazy to me. That number has more than doubled in the past year. So if we were doing this podcast a year ago, there'd be six thousand cryptocurrencies available. Now in December of twenty twenty two, there are more than twelve thousand cryptocurrencies available. Mm-hmm. And if you are, are familiar at all with like the market for crypto, it is one of the fastest moving markets. Um so as of yesterday, putting this together, the top 10 were Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, BNB, USD coin, Binance USD, XRP, Dogecoin, Cardano, and Polygon. So if you're like, what the heck are those? Those are all cryptocurrencies. And as of yesterday, those are the 10 most popular cryptocurrencies. Um, I bet if you checked it this morning those would no longer be the top 10. Yeah, it's a very volatile market. Unlike the yes. stock market, I mean, comparatively speaking, it's extremely volatile. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the stock market on steroids. Um, and it's very, it's very much it could turn bull or bear not like that. I mean, it's just let's, you, you've... Let's quickly do a fun prediction, just real fast. Okay. Okay. Bitcoin is currently sitting at $17,820 as I'm okay. recording this on the 13th of December, 2022. Okay. One year from now, what do you think it'll be? Well, it's lost a ton of value in the past six months. Yeah. So, um, I don't just know. Ball, just ballpark it. Just ballpark it? Uh, I'm going to say it, it gains, let's say 19. It's gonna so be you 19. think it'll, it'll go up to 19,000 per coin? I do. I think it's going to fluctuate quite a bit. I think it's going to go down. It's going to go up. Okay. Gonna, I'm going to go, yeah. I'm going to go a little bit higher. I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 32,000 by this time next year. Good Lord. Yeah. That's what I'm going to say. If you're right, so, then anyone listening to this needs to go and. Don't invest off of my my guessing though, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, because don't, I know nothing don't. about Bitcoin. I'm just uh, I I think it'd be fun to listen to this a year from now and just uh, mm-hmm. and see who, who's closer. But we're totally going to forget to go back and listen to this a year from yeah, now. Yeah, we will. Yeah, if you're listening to this a year from now, which hey, would be hang on. December hey, 23. S- hey Siri, remind me in one year to go back and listen to the podcast episode about <laughs> cryptocurrency. <laughs> Okay, it says it says your reminder is set for December fourteenth. Huh? Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Yeah. Well, shoot me a text that day, and we'll make sure to listen to it. Okay. But, Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll get into kind of the how volatile these markets are, how quickly they change. But um, yeah, there's twelve thousand different cryptocurrencies out there. At any given time, the value of one of these could skyrocket, and you know. Uh, you, you put in, 
you know, you buy a dollar's worth of this in fiat currency. You, you know, take your fiat currency, you invest it in, you know, Dogecoin, right? And you got a dollar invested in it. And all of a sudden, the value of Dogecoin increases by 20-fold. So that $1 now turns to $20. And you're like, holy cow, that's amazing. And so then you put in another, you know, you're excited about it. And then all of a sudden, the next five minutes, you check and Dogecoin has Mm-hmm. dropped and and you've just lost thirty thousand dollars right <laughs> yeah. and and that sounds super dramatic, but that actually happens all the time mm-hmm. um, and so that's par- part of why some economists are a little concerned about the crypto space is it is just so difficult to predict. The values of these cryptos, and when you trade these cryptocurrencies, you know, from one day to the next, which one's going to be valuable, which one's going to have any worth at all. And really what helps set the value of cryptocurrency is not just, you know, some random arbitrary stimulus. It's something called blockchain. And so this technology, I've been really trying hard to understand it. And to be honest, Gabe, I understand as much of it as I can, but there's still some parts of it that are fuzzy, which is why, David Fan, if you're listening, you should have called me back. <laughs> but what a cryptocurrency relies on is technology. And technology um, like this, blockchain, is decentralized, meaning that every computer in the network confirms the transactions And so basically what a blockchain is, is a distributed database or a ledger that's shared among the nodes of a computer network. Does that make sense so far? No. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so... Yeah, yeah. okay, so let's... let's, Okay, let's say that I had something on my computer Mm -hmm. that had all the technology that decided how much a currency was valued. Right, and I was the only one that could set that. Okay, blockchain is not like that. Blockchain instead is every computer in the world who is mining Bitcoin stores an encrypted record of every transaction that has taken place, and they all keep a ledger together. Mm. Right, so it is not one computer, one government, one, you know. World Bank that sets the value of it. Instead, it is distributed then across millions of computers all around the world simultaneously, simultaneously, and all of them have basically this decentralized record of different transactions, and this ledger is what helps set the value hmm. and guarantees the fidelity and security of that data. Does that make sense? Yeah, that helps a little bit. It's like just thinking, though, that, man, this must drive government entities bonkers like especially no, it does because they um, can't regulate it they can't regulate it and they can't tax it and they can't mm-hmm. trace it so you know like like entities like the taliban or isis yep i'm sure <clears> we'll get into that here in a minute yeah that's that's yeah, really we'll get into that in a minute mm-hmm. so basically how it works as far as i understand and if you're a blockchain expert like david fannin you could call me uh and and clear this up for me but as far as i understand when a participant requests a transaction, 
That transaction is broadcast and distributed to all the computers, known as nodes, on this peer-to-peer network. This transaction gets validated by the network based on predefined consensus algorithms. (laughs) Again, if you're like, right over your head, it's okay. Just hang with us, right? Uh, That transaction is added to other transactions. A new block of data is given to the ledger. The new block is added to the existing blockchain. It becomes permanent, and you can't change it. And the transaction is complete. So if that went right over your head, basically what happens is this. You can't really hack the blockchain and change the value because you'd have to hack millions of computers around the world simultaneously, right? Hmm. So blockchain is the distributed and digital ledger of data that continually adds information in chronological order and creates a record that can be altered and gets encrypted end to end and helps prevent fraud in unauthorized activity. And that's what sets the value, at least for things like Bitcoin, right? Mm. In terms of how that works with other cryptos, I'm not exactly sure, but what I do know is that um, the blockchain is really the technology that kind of, that drives this and kind of drives crypto. I feel like Miss Frizzle from Magic School Bus needs to take us on a little trip down into the blockchain. <laughs> into the blockchain, yeah. <laughs> right on the Magic School Bus. Uh, like, oh, I get it now. Thank you, Miss Frizzle. No, thanks, Miss Frizzle. Yeah. Um, and, and here's the thing, too. Like, part of the reason why people are making money hand over fist in this space is because there's people who don't understand this space. And the few people that do understand this space and how it works can really maximize their gains in this space because they're pretty rare. And, and like, especially when you start talking about like stuff like NFTs and stuff like that, which we, we've not even gotten into that, but, hmm. um, but yeah. Is this making the, the least bit of sense so far? Or are you like, yeah, yeah. So 80%, it's... 70%, 60%, where are you at? Uh, yeah, I'm probably probably a solid sixty two point three percent. No, it's yeah, I think it, I'm there it's, too. It's yeah. really it's really fascinating, and but just just speaks to the idiocy of currency and in general. It's like, what on earth? Like we're using binary code and all this stuff to mm-hmm. to influence people's like wealth and stuff. Like it's so bizarre. I remember when my brother and I were young. I mean, I'm talking like I was probably six and he's probably eight, somewhere in that range. We went out and we went in the woods and we were cutting these sticks and then whittling them and whittling all the bark off these sticks. And they were, they were about three inches long, each of them. And we played this little, we made up this little game, like a little gambling game or something. And we were out there like using the sticks as our points for this game. And um, I remember my brother got down, we got into a knockdown drag out, like fist fight <laughs> over these little sticks that we created because I felt like he was cheating or something. But I remember we were spinning this thing and then it was like, okay, here I have to give you three of these things. But it was like we both just agreed that these sticks had value that we, you know, we just created mm-hmm. them out of these trees. But it was, it reminds me of that, the story, because it's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, what? yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we didn't really put anything in the show notes about NFTs, but do you know what an NFT is? Isn't that like a, a piece of art that someone makes? It's basically a piece of digital art, right? So somebody creates a piece of digital art. It's it's basically a file, right? Yeah. So it's a file, 
of digital art. Like one of them is like a that was super popular. It's like a, a monkey that looks like he's wearing a baseball hat, right? And then on these different NFT trading sites, people set these astronomical values on these digital pieces of art. When I say astronomical, I'm talking thirty, forty thousand dollars for a file that contains a picture of a monkey with a baseball hat. I'm I'm not kidding. I'm not making this up. Man. It's and, bizarre. And, and so what happens is people will go to these spaces and basically like, you know, in different forums and different online chat spaces, like basically hype up the value of this. And everybody agrees that this like random picture is worth this astronomical sum of money. And then people start bidding for it and, and peaking the value up even more and more. And then somebody buys it. And then all of a sudden they're the owner of this you know, 50,000, and then they go and start trading it somewhere else and people put all this money into it. And it's insane. And I was listening to, uh, I think it was This American Life, which is a really cool podcast radio show. And this guy had um, a website that he had built where he had all these different, really unique, I'm trying to understand exactly what it is. But anyway, somebody contacted him and said that those NFTs are worth, you could be a millionaire. He's like, really? And true to form, he went on this NFT marketplace and sold all these files that he had created back in like 2012 and became a millionaire overnight. <laughs> wow. So who, who decides that a picture of a monkey with a baseball hat is $40,000? It's it's weird. It's like, you know, as we get further away from further into the fall of man, you know, it's like, is is it as as things get more and more kind of confusing and convoluted, like like uh, I don't know, language and sexuality and and that mm-hmm. like current currency is like it, you know, back in ancient times at least it was tied to copper and silver and gold and all these things. But it's like that is getting more and more convoluted now and I wonder if that mm-hmm. if that is symptomatic of of humans, you know, just being confused and lost, and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's I think it's always of, been in our nature to kind of lose our minds with these kinds of things. Yeah, but I think we're just seeing it in a different space now with maybe you know online. But uh, hmm. so cryptocurrency gains value um, basically through demand. So. If demand goes higher than the amount of that currency available, then the price of the cryptocurrency increases, right? So the whole principle is supply and demand. Some cryptocurrencies have a fixed uh, amount, such as Bitcoin. So they have, you know, like we said earlier, they're being mined. And there's 91% of Bitcoin has been found. So if you have Bitcoin, there is a maximum supply of it and it's only you know it's going up a little bit but eventually you're going to have the max amount of bitcoin i don't know what's going to happen into that market but other cryptos like ether don't have supply limitations so demand for cryptocurrency depends on a lot of different factors like how useful those coins are which businesses accept them um but there's some other factors that go into it um, 
So like mining goes into it. So uh, when a miner wins a newly minted cryptocurrency, um, yeah, they're basically competing for this encrypted that's, number. Which <laughs> is just so funny to me. Really like it's essentially, yeah. Uh, but mining can be expensive, and we'll talk about that here in a minute. Like it's not when you think mining, you're, you're like, okay, is it like a coal mine somewhere? No, it's basically like a. A lot of people will have, you know, these warehouses with all these computers working to try to mine Bitcoin or whatever else. And, uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Um, so the value of cryptocurrency is also determined by increasing utility. So when a business starts to accept cryptocurrency and there's an investment opportunity, um, being able to use that in decentralized finance protocols or apps that kind of helps the value. So basically you, wow. Okay. And this is actually practical. I can actually do something about it. Right. Um, competition also helps increase the value, the popularity in media. I don't know if you remember Elon Musk a couple of years ago started tweeting about Dogecoin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the hashtag I yeah. think was Dogecoin to the moon. Yeah, then he went on SNL. I think he got up to 70 cents or something per coin. Then he went on <laughs> SNL, and then it like after that appearance on SNL, I'm just like, well, no, maybe it was before that appearance, but leading up to it, it just got, got collapsed and <laughs> went down to like single digits. But yeah, it's that kind yeah, of volatility. Yeah. You're like, wow, people probably yeah. gained and lost tens of thousands of dollars over that situation. Based on an appearance on SNL and a tweet. Yeah. Yeah. So regulation can either help its valuation or cannot help its valuation. Some investors appreciate the freedom of no regulation. Other people fear the lack of regulation and security. Again, this is what makes it appealing to some and scary to others because of how volatile it is. And uh, availability. So if the cryptocurrency is more readily available on numerous exchanges, it may become more valuable. So all those factors. Yeah, I was going to say with the regulation thing, it's like – like like smoking cigarettes it's like you know our government was like i I think half of the politicians were like uh oh yeah it's it's dangerous it causes cancers a lot of side effects and stuff let's let's regulate it and tax it a lot to make it less appealing for people to buy and let's pump Mm -hmm. out all these commercials and stuff and then uh, the other half of the regulators and politicians and lawmakers were like oh we can make a ton of money off of taxing uh Mm -hmm. you know like and we could use that to to uh to do like basically handouts and stuff like that for our for our constituents so it's like oh and by the way yeah it does have bad side effects so it's like with cryptocurrencies like i think i think regulators are like split like that they're like oh this is very dangerous and there's the you know the altruistic camp of regulators who are like we got to regulate this because people are losing tons of money and then there's like mm-hmm. oh we got to regulate this because we can make tons of money you know what I'm saying absolutely absolutely it's interesting well and the whole point of why crypto you know, was invented basically was to try to level the playing field in terms of, you know, getting it decentralized. So it's really in the hands of the people. It's really in the hands of the people who are exchanging it and trading it to set the values of it. It's not some bank somewhere, you know. Um, and really, I think that a lot of this came out, I don't know if you remember Occupy Wall Street and, mm-hmm. and movements like that, you know, probably 10, 10 12 years ago, you know, um, I think the seeds of this kind of are in that, you know. Yeah. 
So the benefits of cryptocurrency, it's easy to make transactions. Like you don't even have to have a bank account. If you got a smartphone, you can get into crypto. Uh, you can hop on an app, you can get a hardware wallet, you can get a crypto exchange wallet, and you can start crypto right now, even as we're talking. Um, we've been talking about it, but probably the biggest benefit is it reduces corruption, at least it claims to, in theory, because the, the power to set the value of the currency is in the hands of the people through blockchain. It's not centralized banks setting the value. Um, here's a benefit I didn't really think about, and this is really interesting. You know when we go to Uganda and you exchange like, uh, I don't know, $100 mm -hmm. of U.S., currency how much do you get back <laughs> give not, give the people an idea dollars yeah i mean well, I, I don't know what the like how, how many bills do you get back like how oh, big is the stacks oh, yeah. of bills that's millions and millions <laughs> it's tens of millions of shillings that you get back yeah and yeah it's you feel yeah, like a hard. big baller because you get like yeah. stacks and stacks and stacks of bills yeah yeah so like um if a government has to print more money, like the Ugandan shilling, for instance, mm -hmm. that devalues its currency. So pretty much anywhere you go, like if you go to Uganda and you exchange, you know, 100 U.S. dollars for that in Ugandan shillings, it's millions and millions and millions of shillings, right? Mm -hmm. That'll last you for a couple of weeks, I mean, truthfully. But you better spend it all while you're there because if you hop back on the plane and you go anywhere else... And you say, hey, will you take a Ugandan shilling? They'll laugh at you. Don't ask me how I know that. <laughs> <laughs> you go down to the pig um, and try to buy some, uh, some eggs with your shillings. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking more like, uh, I think I was in Qatar. And I went to the Forex there and said, hey, will you buy back Ugandan shillings, you know, to put them in. I don't, I'm trying to remember the currency they use in Qatar. I think it was rials or something, but... And they just looked at me and they're like, no, that currency is basically useless. Like, wait, that's wow. not worth anything. We're not going to buy it back. So what crypto could do, and this is what, you know, people who are cheerleaders of crypto really want, is that, um, you know, if cryptocurrencies have a set amount of available, like, mm -hmm. the, you can't just add more coins and add on to its supply like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. it's it's not like a government just, oh, let's just print more money. Like, no, there's only a set amount of Bitcoin, you know, and so it eliminates that problem of extreme money printing. Um, it's relatively secure in the sense of the blockchain technology makes it relatively secure. The biggest benefit and one of the reasons, like, a lot of people get into it, honestly, especially the dude bro space, you can make huge returns huge huge except yep. in china where it's <laughs> illegal or at least is it I know yeah that. i think uh i think i think bitcoin is is banned in china or at least yeah. mining it is illegal oh, okay yeah yeah you can make huge returns on it and this is one of the reasons why a lot of people are foaming at the mouth to get into the bitcoin space uh, the markets are always open, unlike the stock market, and then you can specialize investments. You can even specialize in certain cryptos that are only used in certain games. So if you are someone who's a gamer and uh, 
yeah, you get into that. You can find a currency that is used in a certain game and get really, really into that and do really well with that. People do that a lot. So, hmm. so let's talk about the risks because it kind of seems like we've been talking about how cool crypto is. <laughs> And all the dude bros in their affliction shirts are really happy right now. But let's let's talk about maybe some of the things that aren't mentioned. So, Gabe, I put in the show notes a picture, and and um, mm. I see it. You see it. I see it. Yeah. None of our folks listening can see it. Mm. It's a it's a picture of a Bitcoin mining farm. Hmm. And Gabe, you want to describe to our listeners what it is you're seeing and what it is you're looking at? Yeah, uh, it is a huge, huge warehouse uh, with like maybe one, two, three stories, like three stories tall. And it spans maybe 500 feet in length. Mm-hmm. And on on the wall of this warehouse seem to be a lot of like computers. Yes. Maybe maybe hard drives and stuff like that. And then there's two thousands people. and thousands and thousands of computers. There's two people looking at one of them and it looks like they're conversing with one another. When I zoom in I can tell from how they're talking. They're talking about the Beards and Bible podcast and <laughs> how we will drive up the, the price of Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just because of this one episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh so this is what's called a Bitcoin mining farm. And Bitcoin mining farms are just that. I mean, it's literally what Gabe was saying. It's this warehouse full of literally thousands and thousands and thousands of computers, and they're all working to solve these algorithms to mine more Bitcoin, right? But here is the issue with that. You've got to have electricity to run all those computers. And when you've got very complex supercomputers sign, uh, trying to solve these problems. That takes up a lot of electricity. So Bitcoin, just just like all the computers that are involved in the mining process of Bitcoin, that endeavor consumes an estimated 150 terawatt hours of electricity annually. Now, to put that in perspective... That is more than the entire country of Argentina. Wow. Just for Bitcoin, right? Because these are Bitcoin mining farms that run thousands of computers 24-7. A lot of them are in places like Russia and in, you know, countries like that. And so, like, no, rightly so, there's a lot of people going, okay, so, like, that's a lot of energy being consumed. Mm Mm-hmm. So if we move to crypto, is that going to be a problem? Like later? I mean, <laughs> that's a lot of electricity, right? Hey kids, Where's stop all, that all the come downloading. From? <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of a problem because that's sort of not sustainable in the future, right? Another problem with cryptocurrency is that a lot of people have said that this aids criminal enterprise because criminals don't prefer to open bank accounts and you don't have to if you have crypto mm-hmm. right um you can trade crypto between different countries um it's completely borderless you, you can get crypto instantly it's easy to store it's easy to transfer so people are seeing criminals use 
cryptocurrency for things like money laundering, fraud, drug trafficking, human trafficking, child exploitation, uh, dark marketplace trading, cybercrime, and even terrorist funding. So terrorist groups are using crypto because, yeah, you, you don't have to have a third party involved. Hmm. So one-off sales for things like drugs or digital data, for instance, things like child pornography. Um, sadly, this is this is what crypto sometimes gets used for. Hmm. And uh, yeah, that's no good. But probably the biggest and the most uh, relevant risk of crypto is that to a lot of people, cryptocurrency feels a lot more like gambling than it does investing. So when you invest in cryptocurrency, essentially you're just placing a bet that enough people will agree that this virtual currency is valuable. And sometimes you might get lucky, and that cryptocurrency you invest in soars in its value, and you can make a lot of money really quick. That you take $500 and you place it in Dogecoin, and then it increases in value tenfold in, in one yeah, day. So cr- cryptocurrency advocates would say, well, the stock market is the same thing. And it is sort of it's similar because you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're placing a bet on speculation. And that, that it, right. in, in essence, is is kind of like gambling, right? But there are factors that you're taking in. Okay, so I'm looking like at this particular company. Um, this is going to be, this is going to grow in popularity. Um, you know, and, and I can I can learn about the company who its CEO is. Maybe they had a past company that that did really well. You know, and so you can educate yourself on that. Whereas I think as cryptocurrency, there's less of that, less less informative factors when it comes to that speculation. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's like th- there are some. So you might say, well, you know, I know that <laughs> it's funny because cryptocurrency now, oddly enough, follows the, the trends of the stock market. It's very mm-hmm. tethered to the stock market and what it does and, you know, the the trends are within there. But so so people will look at the, the cr- cryptocurrencies and they'll say, well, you know, I, I think that if the stock market's doing well, it's going to, you know, it's going to enter a bear market here. I'm going to go ahead and buy now. And then so um, there is a little bit of information, but it's it's so removed from real mm-hmm. uh, good data like the stock sure. market. So, yeah, sure, it is sure, sure. it is closer to this activity that we call gambling than, than the stock market yeah. is for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that, you you know, and we'll talk about this here in a minute, like it, it, it's not necessarily sinful to invest in cryptocurrency. I'm not saying that at all. Mm-hmm. But I would say there's a lot of people that invest in cryptocurrency that don't understand it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what they're just hoping is that they get lucky and, you know, what they invested in doubles in value or triples in value or whatever, and they can, you know, make what's theirs and get out, you know, while the getting's good or, or whatever. And and I think that's that's part of the it's part of the risk of it, and that's part of I think why people are foaming in the mouth at it because it's exciting, right? You mm-hmm. never know, you know, what's going to happen. So that's part of the problem with it, and I, I think that's that kind of leads us to kind of where we're landing the plane, and that is 
if if you're a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, like how do you interact in this space? Like, what do you need to know about it? So, Gabe, what does the what does the Bible say about cryptocurrency? Do we have any verses about Dogecoin or Bitcoin? <laughs> to the moon? No. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, I, not that I can think of. I mean, the Bible is full of verses dealing with money. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, oh man, like what is money nowadays? You know, and and right, right, right. I mean, where we live in a world where the 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 government can just like somehow the government like direct deposited money in my account they called a stimulus and i'm like well, this is thank you but that's kind of creepy that suddenly i just so got this if you could put in it my into account. my account does that mean you could take it out of my account yeah so i'm like yeah. and that's just ones and zeros you know and it's just like this right. digital money that never really passed in my hands or anything but it's like mm-hmm. oh man that's that's weird it it can it diminishes the value of this notion we call currency to a certain extent yeah so i guess to say that when it comes to when it comes to cryptocurrency, it's like, you know, we we use these ones and zeros to provide for our families, and we use these ones and zeros to give to ministries and organizations that are doing uh, the the kingdom matters. You know, providing for mm-hmm. orphans mm-hmm. and widows and you name it. So we should be careful. Therefore, we should be careful with these ones and zeros and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, be very prudent when investing because um you know you have a lot of proverbs here which are really good talking about money which we could extend to this ones and zeros stuff right nowadays Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but um if i could read a couple of them i mean there's like yeah 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 yeah. a a wise man saves for the future money little by little grows proverbs 13 11 diligent hands bring wealth proverbs 10 4 all hard work leads to profit proverbs 14 23 so that that right there is important because we are so enticed by this, like, I want to make a quick profit. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. many people get into cryptocurrencies and they're like, you know, I'm going to put $10,000 of my grandparents' inheritance in this cryptocurrency, this altcoin, mm-hmm. and expect a huge return in a month. And um, I think that's really, really dangerous and, and unwise. Sure. It's like hard work leads to profit. So mm-hmm. um, I like Dave Ramsey says um, – Forget all the gimmicks. Forget all these, like, things. He's like, one of the surest ways to make money is to get a job and earn a paycheck. Yep. I think that's really wise, you know. But um, yeah. Proverbs 20, 21.5, steady plotting brings prosperity. Proverbs 28.20, 20, warning about um, – it's it's basically a warning about trying to get rich quick. So mm. um, we we have to look at money – even though sometimes our money comes to us in weird ways, right? Through a stimulus check or through a tax return or something. It's like, mm-hmm, we have to mm-hmm. look at that as if it's not ours. Sure. Um, because we are bond servants of Christ and we have to look at those ones and zeros and prayerfully consider where we put those ones and zeros because we could use those to really um, improve our family tree and the quality of life mm-hmm. that our descendants experience, but also we could use it to expand the kingdom of God. So, yeah, absolutely. The, 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 the ultimate is when, you know, Jesus catches a fish, right? And they, they pull the, the, uh, what, what coin was it? The, um, the drachma, it, the drachma out of the, out of the fish's yeah. mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to pay the temple tax. Yeah. To pay the temple tax. And in a way he's saying, this is how absurd money is. Uh, not absurd, but like this is how um 
fictitious. Like it's a necessary resource, but it's not. It's it's just that. It's just a resource, right? I mean, it's just right. like anything else, you know. And God's like, yeah, that doesn't. <laughs> Jesus is like, yeah, go cast your line on this side of the boat. Go catch fish. You see, yeah. in that fish's mouth, there's a dragnet. Now pay the tax. Just use the money for what you got to use it for, and don't yeah, make so it a he's, god. He's right? not saying no. Just avoid the tax. He's saying let's pay right. it. But I'm going to show you how silly money yeah. is. You know, it's, right. it's fascinating. Yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah. So I, I don't think, uh, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, okay, Josh and Gabe, what is the answer? What is the verse? Is cryptocurrency <laughs> sinful or is it the best thing ever and God's going to use crypto to make Christians rich? I I think that that's, um, like, something may not be necessarily sinful, but that does not mean it is wise. Mm-hmm. Right? Like is it is it sinful for me to? <laughs> this is a dumb example. I don't know. Is it sinful for me to just like? Okay, I don't even want to use that example. <laughs> Let me say this. Um, if you are thinking of investing in cryptocurrency, I think it is wise for you to ask yourself a couple of questions. Right. The first is this: Do I really understand how it mm. works? Or am I just trying to take a gamble, even if I don't understand it, so that maybe I can get rich quick? Mm, yeah. And if that's kind of where you are, I would say, like, that's a no-go, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Especially that scenario you, you presented earlier. You got $10,000 from inheritance. You're thinking, let me spend it on Dogecoin, and then maybe I'll get lucky, and maybe it'll be 500000 in a month. Or... Maybe it'll be $5 in a month. Yeah. But if you don't understand how it works, you don't understand this market at all, um, that is a really, really, really poor stewardship of what God has given you, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, y- you could wisely budget a little bit of your monthly income to investing, and in, whether that be the stock market or precious metals mm-hmm. or real estate cri- or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. Absolutely. And I, I, I recommend doing that. And a lot mm-hmm. of financial Christian financial advisors recommend doing that. Sure. But first and foremost is giving to your church, you know, providing for your family, right. And making mm-hmm. sure you have a reliable transportation to and from work and all that is, that is the, the ultimate priority in your life. But if yeah. you have money left over and you're like, you know, um, I, I've learned a lot about this particular stock or this particular company or this particular cryptocurrency. I fully mm-hmm. understand it, and I've prayed about it. I'm going to put money in on this, and I think mm-hmm. see where it goes. So, yeah. But yeah. I think it's Dave Ramsey that said, never, ever, ever invest in something you don't understand, mm, right? Yeah. So I would say if you're thinking about investing in cryptocurrency and this is the only podcast you've listened to about it, <laughs> You need to do about a hundred hours more <laughs> homework because yeah. we barely even scratched the surface, and we don't even really understand how cryptocurrency works. So don't take our word for it. We're trying to wrap our brains around this, right? Um, second question: I think we need to ask ourselves if we're thinking about investing. It is this: Why? Mm. Why a- am I wanting to invest in it? Because I really want to be a wise steward of my resources and provide for myself and my family and be a blessing to other people? Or do I just want to get caught up in this rat race of trying to get rich quick? 
And that is a very, very, very tough question to ask ourselves, but I think it's one that you have to ask yourselves. Um, so like we said earlier, the Bible talks about money as kind of like a resource, right? Like a brick mm-hmm. could be used to make a church or a school or a hospital, or I could use a brick to smash Gabe over the head with it, right? Mm-hmm. I, I would never do that, but there's nothing inherently evil or righteous about that brick. It's just a resource. Mm-hmm. But the Bible is very, very clear that if we have an unhealthy desire for that resource, if we are in love with money, like that's a really, 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 really dangerous thing. Mm-hmm. Let me just read you two scriptures. Matthew thirteen twenty two. Jesus is telling the parable of the sower. He talks about the seed, which represents the word of God, gets sown among thorns. And this is the man who hears the word and the worry of the world and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. Hmm. So basically Jesus is saying like, if you're in love with getting rich, you're not going to have room in your heart for the word of God and the truth of the gospel. There'll just be no room. Because Jesus also said, no man can serve two masters. He'll either love the one and hate the other. So you can't serve both God and money. You got to pick one. So if you're in love with getting rich, and go do that. But don't try to follow Jesus and try to get rich. You can't, you can't do that. 1 Timothy 6, 8 and 9 says, If we have food and covering, with these we shall be content. This next part is really interesting. But those who want to get rich, I read it again, those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a snare and many foolish and harmful desires which plunge men into ruin and destruction. Hmm. I mean, gosh, you, you think of all the things like people who are you know, running drug cartels and people who are engaging in black market exchanges of internet, child pornography, all these awful, terrible things. And what drives so much of it, especially human trafficking and things like that, it's it's the love of money. Mm-hmm. It's people who want to get rich. And then even on the other side of it, people who lose their life savings in five minutes because they invested in a cryptocurrency they didn't understand and they're plunged into ruin and destruction. Well, what drove them to do that? No, they just wanted to get rich quick. Mm-hmm. So the Bible says, if you if you want to get rich, you're going to fall into temptation. You're going to be tempted to do some really stupid stuff. And it's a trap. And these foolish and harmful desires will plunge you into ruin and destruction. So you need to check your heart and ask, do you just want to get rich? Because if that's where your heart is, man, don't don't lie to yourself. You you can't serve both God and money. That's what Jesus said, right? And that's a tough word, I think, for us as Americans, because the American dream is all about us getting rich. Hmm. Dollar dollar bill, dollar dollar bills, y'all. Last question is this: Is there something else I should be doing with my time or my money? Does all of the time and energy invested into following crypto markets support my life's purpose? So our life's mm-hmm. purpose is not to get rich. Our life's purpose is not to retire by the time we're 40. 
that's to love God with all our heart and to love our neighbors ourselves. And if all this time, all this money, all this energy, all these sleepless nights, all this waking up to check our crypto market, if that's not contributing to us loving God with all our heart, then, um, yeah, you probably shouldn't do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. So is there a way somebody could responsibly and in, in, in a God-honoring way invest in crypto? Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I would just do it extremely cautiously. And I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, like the, the middle school kid, like uh, that I taught, I mean, he, he potentially had hundreds of thousands of dollars at his fingertips. And it's like, you know, it could be, could be, but you got, I mean, it just depends on when you catch that wave, I suppose. But yeah, yeah, I would say, I would say do it carefully, responsibly with great moderation and and wisdom but, absolutely you know, to quote the notorious uh, big i don't know what they want from me it's like <laughs> the more money we come across the more problems we see <laughs> mm, <laughs> you can't money. quote a lot of that song i would say on this podcast no, I without, cannot. yeah yeah that explicit it's content it's about all i can quote that's about it yep 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 man well, I would also say, and I said this earlier, if you want to get in crypto, you need to do a ton more homework than just this podcast because we're a bunch of dummies and we don't understand this space. So find somebody who does, like David Fannin. And David Fannin, call me back if you're listening. Mm-hmm. Please. Uh, yeah, if you've got any questions or comments, feedback, suggestions, any of that stuff, send David us an email. David was probably like, I'm not going to talk to Josh about crypto because I don't want my name in the podcast. <laughs> In reference to crypto, and how many times have you dropped poor David dropped his name like thirty times? Yeah, he's like my he's reputation gonna, is shattered. Yeah, who know? He's going to get world famous because of this mm. for all the wrong reasons. Um, hey, also, and I mentioned this at the top of the episode, we've got our from the mailbox episode coming up for the beginning of the year. If you have a topic or a question or something, you are wanting us to address or any clarification from stupid stuff we've said on episodes over the year, um, send us an email and we will start putting together that um, the next month or so. Hope everybody has a wonderful and safe holiday season and a blessed end of the year. And we look forward to seeing you guys in the new year. Take care. Well, thanks for listening. That's our show. If you like what you've heard, make sure to give us a share, leave us a review, or send us an email at beardsandbiblepodcast at gmail.com.